Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Brigadier as he defends the Earth in episode number 341. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Doing well. <laughs> Way to think about it. Um, yeah, I'm fine. I'm tired, but you know, par for the course. Par for the course. Did you guys do anything fun this week? I watched two kind of meh movies. What movies did you watch? The remake of Pete's Dragon. Oh, okay. It was just meh? Yeah, it was just meh. Look, meh. Yeah. I, I got over the fact that he was green and fuzzy. When I saw that in the trailer, I had a real problem with that. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's moss. If they explain to me that it's moss, I might be okay. He's just he's just green and fuzzy. Wasn't he green in the cartoon? He was green, but he was... Green. He looked like a dragon. He didn't wow. look like a dog. So your more concern is the fuzz, not the green. Yeah. Okay. Well, green fuzz looks weird. <laughs> that part I was actually okay with. The film's too dark, and I don't mean tonally. I mean 50% of it you couldn't see because it was outdoors in the woods at night he was doing something and mel went what's he doing i was like i don't know i think he's playing with a sprinkler in somebody's yard turn your black levels down i did (laughs) (laughs) it's dark and then there's some like folk music that they 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 have three or four different folk songs that they put into this that just play randomly at weird intervals like there's Mm -hmm. a montage of elliot and pete running through the forest playing together and this folk music comes on, and it feels like this should have been an instrumental piece of the soundtrack or something. But nope, here's this song. And I couldn't help but think, is like, is it because the original was a musical, you guys felt you needed music? I don't know. It just, it was weird. Huh. Robert Redford's the best thing about it, and he's not in it enough to make it <laughs> worthwhile. So it's just kind of meh. And then we watched Hercules, the rock movie, which I kind of knew what I was getting into with that one. <laughs> Wow, it was bad. That sounds like it was worse than Matt. I wanted it to be. It's not like sword and sorcery stuff, and you know, big dumb action. It's Brett Ratner. He's a competent action director. As long as you don't want a good story in there. It's got uh, <laughs> it's got Rufus Sewell in it. I like him. Oh yeah. Ian McShane's in it. Oh. It's like oh okay cool. John Hurt is in. I didn't know he was in. And I went oh okay no. <laughs> This was a uh, this was a water heater movie. <laughs> Sounds like it for everybody. <laughs> just, just, uh, What's a water heater movie? There's an interview with uh, Bruce Campbell when he was on, uh, I think it was Johnny Darren Murphy in Kansas City, and they said, we love you. We love Evil Dead. We love this. We love the, We love everything you do. Dude, what was up with McHale's Navy? Why would you agree to be in that? And Bruce Campbell said, I needed a new water heater. <laughs> and I, I love the honesty that it was, you know, it was a paycheck, man. <laughs> This was a water heater movie. Somebody needed a water heater and signed on for it. It was terrible. <laughs> and unlike Gods of Egypt, which was the same level of terrible, Gods of Egypt was at least pretty. This one was not pretty. Uh, we watched a movie that was better than it had any right to be. What was that? Power Rangers. Oh, don't tell me. That. The new one. It was better than it had any right to be. Really? I had, it was surprisingly good. Thought it was of the like '90s reboot live uh, movies, better than even the Ninja Turtle movies that they did. It was well, the bar wasn't set very high. Well, that's true, but <laughs> the first one wasn't bad for what it was. It had good characters, had pretty decent action. I mean, 
there's teen angst in a lot of it at the beginning, but kind of legitimate teen angst, not like manufactured teen angst for some aspects of it. And then there's just enough cheese to make it feel like Power Rangers. Elizabeth Banks is pretty impressive in the role. She chews the scenery so much. <laughs> she brings a lot of that cheese. But as as a free movie from the library, definitely worth watching. Hmm. And I, I, I was never a big fan of the series either. So it's not like I'm talking from a nostalgic aspect. That's my next question. As, as somebody who didn't really watch Power Rangers and I when was toys. exposed to it, kind of thought, wow, this is dumb. How, how would I... Uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had some working knowledge of it because I'd seen like the first movie that they did you know, back when it came out. And I played with the toys and I had basic knowledge of the series. So, I mean, but I, w- I wouldn't call myself a fan of it by any means. And this was pretty decent. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Glenn, did you do anything? Nope. Nothing? Nothing. Pretty standard week. I read a lot. <laughs> That's what took up most of my time. I was cramming this week. Yeah. I, well, I, I put I, it off way too long. <clears throat> I picked it up Friday. No, I picked it up Monday. I actually started reading it, and I thought I looked at it, and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be reading right up to the... I finished it yesterday, and... I just clipped right along, so I finished it sooner than I thought I would too. I was hoping to. I was, I mean, I, 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 nothing against the book. It moved at a great clip, and I couldn't put it down. And I, you know, I just had so much other stuff going on mm-hmm. because we had flicks with friends this week and and some other things. So that I, I did wind up spending most of. I read most of it today, actually, probably 170 pages of it this oh, afternoon. Wow. Oh wow! Jeez. So <laughs> I was I was late to the party. I was cramming. Let's move on to news so we can get to our proper discussion of the book. Yes. So our only bit of news this week comes from Starburst Magazine. And they are claiming that Shada is going to be BBC Worldwide's next animation project. Anybody want to take this? (laughs) Yay. Eh, I'm not too excited about it. If they're going to animate something, animate something that's actually like, like fully lost, that was filmed and we lost, as opposed to something that was never actually filmed. And we already have two different versions of Shada now. <laughs> we have the 8th Doctor version that's been animated, which is really good. And then the Tom Baker version with Minky narration, etc. It just seems unnecessary of why go down that path. And when, a book. Yeah. I'm of two minds of it. I mean, obviously, yay. Because I'm, I'm anything... Yeah, give me more who. Okay, fantastic. Finishing the story. Okay, yay. I kind of agree with you. I would rather have something that's been lost first... And then come back to Shada, because I, I I'm kind of with you. I feel like this has been done. We've already we've already got that one. But okay, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's Tom. It's it's Shada. It's you know, who cool. To entertain one, something marketable though. I think they're looking. I think that's why they're I looking am. through the catalog and they're realizing that they could spend a lot of money to animate something that isn't going to sell. The the diehards are going to buy it. The people are going to. You know, you animate Space Pirates, which always ends up on the bottom of a list somewhere. <laughs> and there's going to be a handful of people buy it. You animate Shauna, which people still have never seen it in its entirety. Because when you talk about it, you haven't seen it in its entirety when you read the book. That's you haven't true. seen its entirety when you have Tom linking the na- narration and telling you what happened off screen. There's enough of this shot that all you have to do is fill in the holes with the animation. As maybe it would have been intended or shot. And you've got something that's marketable because it's newer. It's Tom Baker's era. We're done with him. We've got we've everything that he's done is released. It's on DVD. Gives him something else to do. It's a money thing. That's what it boils down to. 
I personally love Shada. I love all of the iterations oh, of Shada. Too. I love all of the versions of Shada, and I'm ready to see another version. Let's do it. Let's let's take a look at it. Yes, I ultimately would rather have something out there that I haven't seen animated, but from their standpoint, I don't see us what the next step for the old series are in Britbox hands and re re doing them as uh, telesnap reconstructions. Now, you could say, you know, loose cannons have done that before, but 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 putting some care into it and using some of the resources that Britbox now has as a joint partnership um, in order to bring us those in that format. And this is what Two Entertainment says, we can make some money off of this. That's simply all it is. So, yay, bring it on. Let's do it. Let's 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 get everything that we can in any vehicle we can. And I think that there's two organizations that are doing this. I'm not faulting them at all for the financial decision of it because, you know, they got to make money in order to keep the wheels turning, keep the lights on. I get it. Surely something out there would have been like, ooh, still marketable, but yeah, not Space Pirates I, per se. But. I would think there would be other lost ones that well, have higher priority. I think they might look at how well they did with power and maybe we'll get something like Evil of the Daleks animated. The ones that are well, I, the I people are chomping at the bit To some for. extent, this is a little less work to do than something like... I think that's what they're looking at right now. Well, that's the next question, scope. too, is do you, because of how it was filmed, that they got the location stuff done and then one bit of the studio, will they animate just the missing bricks? Or would you... Because then you'd be flipping back and forth between yeah, animation and live action a lot, which I could see to be distracting. Or do you just go ahead and animate the, the whole thing? Yeah, they animated the regeneration in 10th Planet because that would have been jarring. And just released both versions, you know, on the DVD when it comes out, that you can watch it all animated, or you can watch this version, which cuts back and forth. I mean, the footage is already out there, so that wouldn't cost you anything to edit yeah. that together. But I don't know. I just... It seems like if you're going to add, if you're going to animate Shada, I kind of think you almost have to animate the whole thing, but... But then that, that goes back to, well, why not animate the Highlanders or something we don't have that's only a four-parter that there's still some demand for? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm I, still excited. I, I'm not poo-pooing it. I'd argue with you that there's demand out there for Highlanders. or there's I mean, there is among the diehards, yes. But the diehards aren't paying the bills. I mean, yeah. again, you've got to get something that's going to reach out to the more casual fans, something that somebody might pick up because... A, number one, it's in color. I mean, this would be the first thing we've got animated animated of the missing stuff that it would be in color. So that would be the first time we get that. There's just a lot to it that they realize that they've got Well, and Power made sense from the, with. it's a Dalek episode. So that's an automatic in with, with people. It's the first Troughton. Okay, that's, you know, an automatic in with people. The regeneration. They're, they're, they're definite not just on a who fan checklist but things that would you know be tick boxes for other people as well so i get that we'll review it when it comes out yep <laughs> let's be on. honest all three of us are going to buy a copy oh, yeah yeah i don't know if i'd go that far but yes you will <laughs> i don't own the other version of shana so yet it's just a book <laughs> yet you don't fool me keith you got a bigger bookcase on order somewhere even if it's just a wish list, you've got a bigger bookcase. Can move over to this one because that's all who also. Well, so. see, there you go. It's, it's, the plans <laughs> are the plans are already in motion. Wheels turning. <laughs> you don't fool me at all. Uh, we have one other bit of news, Sean, 
And just one other bit of news, a reminder that you have one more day to vote in the poll for August's Book of the Month selection for the Goodreads Traveling the Vortex Book Club. So Which go is on there and vote. Today. Today. I've now branded this, so <laughs> now gotta, it has to release. Gotta get it edited. You... Four options to choose from two twelfth Doctor and Bill novels. Ooh. And our bit of feedback this week comes from the Goodreads Book Club. Ben wrote about the book Night of the Intelligence. I read this one quite fast. Another great work by the folks at Candy Jar. I especially like the character of Air Commodore Reed. So, of course, you can go in and weigh in on this book on the Goodreads Book Club, or you can send us feedback at feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or just go to the travelingthevortex.com and fill out the send us feedback tab. I didn't even even connect the read character. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. You would like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Commodore Reed. Well, let's move on to our reviews. First up, Runaway Bomb, which I don't have a synopsis for. I liked it. It was was fun. I quite enjoyed it. I did, too. There's a nice follow-up to some of the characters in Mutually Assured Domination. Mm Mm-hmm. And bringing some of them back and kind of testing the waters. It was a nice kind of trial, especially... F- Is it Bell and... Bell, yes. Bell. I can't remember the Bell other guy's Spencer, name. Spencer. Spencer. My only qualm with Runaway Bomb is, you know, so... Okay, so they get the contact and Lethbridge Tour is like, all right, we need your help. You got to go investigate this thing. There's this automaton that's running loose in the woods that we've built and... Well, it got away from us. Okay, cool. I'm liking the second. I'm digging that. It's kind of an audition piece for these two guys. Yeah. That were really felt like we were getting an audition in mutually assured domination <laughs> for them, and then they got left behind. It was like, oh, maybe maybe not so much. Which was one of the complaints we had with mutually assured domination that these characters showed up and they just kind of drop off out yeah. of nowhere. My one complaint is that Spence is so obviously not compatible. That he, he doesn't come across as endearing crazy. He doesn't come across as, oh, you're kind of Murdoch. You're the lovable, you know, your shenanigans are cute and fun. No, you're you're dangerous. You're putting people in harm's way. You're obviously not going to make the cut <laughs> for this audition. Well, um, and then, but Bell almost, to some extent, seems like the reverse. Like the almost the polar opposite to the same extreme that he's, so afraid and he's willing to do this because you know he feels like he almost owes a debt to Lethbridge Stewart mm-hmm. and he kind of does long a little bit for the excitement but to some extent some of his action it's kind of surprising that he even gets the offer to join in yeah I, I, it was a bit of a stretch that well he's always the tinkerer yeah oh well that makes you the equipment expert what <laughs> <laughs> I held a calculator once that doesn't mean you want me balancing the books <laughs> I mean, come on <laughs> But I mean, other than other than that, it was a it was a good story. It was a lot of fun to read. Yeah, a nice romp in the woods. Yeah. Anything else? Do you have the machine acronym pulled up? I don't. I stumbled over that. Kept trying to attribute. I'm missing a joke. I felt like with whatever this thing was called, and I kept reading it and kept reading it, kept reading, it, and I couldn't come up with anything. I didn't know if anybody else had or not. And maybe it was ATA just ATA three DU. The ATA three DU. 
and that is the acronym. It's shortened down from the, the yeah. other name. And I kept going, eight at three at three, three. Yeah, you know, I couldn't put anything together for it, and I just kept trying. And it was like, no, it's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there is something there, and the writer's going, oh man, dummy. But, but I, the action in it was so well written, and I could fully realize in my head what was going on the entire time. Yeah. That's that's what makes this story so enjoyable despite Spence kind of being off the off the chain a little bit is how well he wrote the action throughout the entire Definitely. Like barely, I said that's my one complaint about it. everything takes else a was breath. great. Yeah. And it's nice too that we get cuz so many of the shorts there's a lot of talk. Yeah. to kind of build up the character which is great. But we've only had a handful of them that have been really action orientated. Um, with varying degrees of success, this is one of the ones that's like, yeah, this was this was great. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I would agree. Not much else to say about it because it's so action oriented. Yeah, it's a shorter read. It's a quick one. So, well, let's move on to uh, high marks Night. as usual. Yes, to Night of the Intelligence. Three men feel the pull of the great intelligence. One, Professor Edward Travers, who was once possessed by it, plans to return to the Detsen Monastery to clear his mind of the intelligence once and for all. But he never makes it. The vault wants him. But an old friend is waiting in the wings to help. Two, Owen Vine, who carries the seed of the intelligence within, is in Japan on the pilgrimage to cleanse himself of the taint he feels in his soul. Soon a happier union takes place, and Owen learns that past friendships are not what they seemed. 3. Brigadier Alistair Lethbridge-Stewart, who finds himself haunted by the specter of his brother James, who refuses to stay dead. The stage is set for the long, dark night of the intelligence. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is probably the finest novel of the Lethbridge-Stewart series that I've read. Here's what it is. If every Lethbridge-Stewart book that we've gotten to date could be equated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the Avengers. <laughs> this is the Avengers to phase one. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's, it's the, it's the cap on top, the icing on the, with the cherry. This is it. This is what it's all built up toward was this book. I, I concur. But it has more depth than the Avengers stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's 12, not, 12 books, I think. That's, you know, you that's can, not the point, but yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the sentiment I'm going for. This book made me angry that it was so good. <laughs> I mean, really. I didn't want it to end because it was so good. It just, no, it's over already. No. I don't mean this in a bad way at all. I mean, it was just, I was so enraptured and wrapped up with the characters and the plotting and how everything was going on. I was there. I was living these moments with these characters and going through what they were going through. So when they were angry, I was angry. When they were sad, I was sad. When they were, I'm not. I'm not upset over that. Don't. don't you guys are giving me these looks, and I'm, maybe I'm not coming across right. I don't think you're coming across yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will so say, invested. You were experiencing everything the characters. Exactly. Yeah. I will say, I am angry that you, you duplicitedly dragged me into the death of, of Professor Travers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a legitimate beef with that one. <laughs> but, no, it's the book's phenomenal. It really is. It's so great. I think what I like the best about it is it's a culmination of everything over the course of all the books. And as Sean, I think eloquently put it, it's the Avengers 
of the Lethbridge-Stewart universe, not in the same way as far as tone, but as far as bridging the gaps and bringing up the little things that we might have forgotten in the little pieces. And there's so many references back. And I think the one thing that this book also did for the schizoid earth is it made that book twice as good for me because andy used elements that were set forth in that story that i think we have rated the lowest of the of the novels so far we still enjoyed it we still thought it was a good good story but we we pointed out a lot of weaknesses in that and i think those weaknesses are still there in the writing uh that was david mckinty is that right Mm -hmm. who did that one I think there were still some weaknesses in that, but I think it suffered based on on events that were happening at the time for him. But we always said that the core idea of that was really good, and then and that we really enjoyed the fact that he brought James uh, Lethbridge Stewart from another world into this, and and I think the relationship that was built there between Alistair and James was really important and really good. And I think that was one of the things we especially took away from that book that we really, really liked. And I think what Andy did here is he picked up on that and he didn't undersell anything that was presented in that story, but he took and he kind of turned things so that he could utilize that same character and give us a different shade of that character, which I really appreciated. Um, it also really does a lot for the story that we, the short story we read last year, where uh, Lethbridge Stewart takes James to witness the destruction of his Earth. I'm assuming this yeah. is the James that we got that he gets to look at the inferno. I think it was Inferno something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Of the Ashes of the Inferno. Um, it's that last, you know, moment with his his own world that's that's collapsing on the other side because of events that are happening over there. And so I really liked that. I thought that was uh, that, that bolstered that and kind of gave you the oh okay here seems to be the missing piece I was getting mm-hmm. from that. Obviously something happened that brought James back in you know and that that takes place obviously in the future. But but this also doesn't close the story for James because it does leave it open ended enough that if they wanted to do more with the general. They wanted to do something more. He's obviously not being carted off to jail yet. I mean, yeah. he, he's he closed his office door and was leaving it. It seemed to be of his own accord. What I really liked about this, too, is the fact that we've had this ominous vault, and we've had this ominous general, and we've had this anonymous general we don't know anything about. No, hardly anybody knows anything about him. So the big reveal to me, I did not see coming that this was James and that he had come across. And ultimately, his ultimate goal is to bring his wife back from this other universe by harnessing the great intelligence. I love that it wasn't some evil mastermind plot. It was something so personal to him. It was. I love that. And I love the fact that he has a son that is Simon, and he's the one that's connected to Owen. Yeah. I had seen the writing on the wall i think it was with the end of night of the intelligence when we were in fact i think i caught it earlier than you guys did because i had brought up the fact that simon had done something that made me suspect that he was a bit nefarious that he was not who we were implied to be and you guys didn't remember that yeah i'm sorry time squared yeah that i had to go back and and bring that up and read that passage to you so and then of course at the end we kind of get a a, a nugget of yeah. uh, that as well, and so I kind of suspected that that was ultimately going to be a, a bigger connection between him and the general. So I couldn't be angry with the fact that Simon showed back up because I knew 
okay, this guy is up to no good. There's a reason why he's shown up here. And yeah, unfortunately, it's it, it, it's a perfect plot vehicle to have him show back up and for um, Owen to have such a connection to him. But I also appreciate that Owen just sensed that there was something wrong the whole time. Yeah. That he didn't just wholeheartedly accept the fact, even though, you know, the... the uh, uh, Buddhist traditions and the Buddhist teachings talk about, you know, nothing's coincidence. Everything is, is there for a reason. And so that works really well. But I wasn't mad that he was there because I felt like this is really driving the story. Who is this Simon guy? We're going to find out more about him. And then to find out that he's actually related to the general <laughs> and more so that he's the son of the general. Yeah. That was such an incredible reveal. I thought, oh my gosh, there's so many layers to this story. So many layers that have been, the groundwork has been laid by so many authors in these stories. And I know Andy's had a lot of hand <coughs> in in framing the story and, and framing the, the, you know, the footwork here. But for Andy to be able to take from all of these other authors that have laid these seeds in their stories and to make callbacks to everything that's happened over the course of, uh, what is it, 18 months in, in Lethbridge-Stewart time, right? Or is it even yeah, less? It's no, I less think it's than that. It's just under a year. Yeah. From Forgotten Sun. Well, from the events of Forgotten Sun, which they said was May. So, yeah, I know it has been under a year. So. I guess I'm going back to London event. London event was was longer ago yeah. than that. So yeah, yeah, so over the course of 18 months, because you have to include Web of Fear into this as well, because that, yeah. So anyway, that, that, that's where I got the 12. That being said, for him to be able to take all of that and say, okay, now let's tie up the loose ends. Let's well, make these things connect. Let's, let's put the, the pieces together and, and to get... And I am so glad that he had us read <laughs> Night of Evans. So glad that he had us read Night of Evans. Life of Evans. Life of Evans. I don't know. Life of Evans before we read, before we read yes. this. Because actually while I was reading this book, I kept thinking, well... I know what's leading up to the the fact that that God Godber says his name Godber Godber dies, and I know that that's going to happen. And now I'm just going to see it. And I kind of thought nothing else that's in that book really has anything to do with this, except for that fact that this is going to happen. But he takes <gasps> sort of the elements of Evans, and if I hadn't learned what I learned about <coughs> Evans in Life of Evans, I would have been a little out of place with where Evans was at this point and yeah. why he was on this mission. And so that worked really, really well well, to kind of then, put that the in connections perspective. We discover to Sally. Yes. Which, yeah, <laughs> when she's talking. Now, I will have to admit that that felt a little self serving and forced, but it worked so well for me. I'm okay because with it. it was yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit of a well. That's almost a little too convenient that that's the case, but it was so much a surprise when she brought it up. It was almost a why didn't I figure that out from reading Life of Evans? Because yeah. because she's talking about a similar situation of the two families of a stepbrother, and I'm still not putting two and two together until she says, "Oh, you already know him," and I went. Oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. And I had to read on real quick to make sure. And sure enough, it was. And I thought, wow, that was a clever tie. Clever, clever tie. Angry at you, too, by the way. Why are you angry at me? Because you called it last week after we read Life of Evans that 
or whatever happened to Tommy. We're going to find that out at some point. And then we go on this mission, and I went, aww. <laughs> well, I suspected Damn that had to be the big time. <laughs> I mean, I'd have known it was coming anyway. Right. But yeah, yeah no, I agree with you. The, the one convenience i think of the book is the fact that everybody's related yeah <laughs> connected in some way I, I, yeah. I did pick up on the the general after the discussion they had when they were talking about uh the grandmother at the beginning in in Blito, uh, or Blito, um, but they he had made some comment about granny so-and-so yeah and then another character said well yeah i was a gore before i was this and then it seemed like the next chapter general gore and i went Oh, <laughs> yeah. So to get that and Evans almost right on top of each other, it was kind of like, eh, it's a small world after all. <laughs> but nitpicky. Perfectly fine with that, yeah. though. Yeah. Having experienced similar things in real life, I'm okay with it. <laughs> in a town like this, you, you wind up bumping into people and making connections through other people that you wouldn't, and it circled back around. So it's, what's great, what I really loved about the book is the fact that okay this is this big touchstone for the night for the intelligence and it's so character driven especially considering it's a Lethbridge Stewart book so it could just be action heavy and you know action by havoc aspect of it but it's not it's so driven by the characters and there's really only a little bit of action it's the the assault of the vault and then the final climax of the of the book and that's mm-hmm. pretty much it and I love the fact that it explores all these characters and makes the characters complex. It makes Simon relatable. And I'm glad that they wound up... I, I went into it kind of once we realized who Simon is, not liking Simon, and then growing to like him as the book continues. Agreed. And f- understanding where he's coming from. And even the general, understanding what he's wanting to do and why he's wanting to do it. Not having him be a two-dimensional mustache twirling villain giving him actual depth and clarity and making him a sympathetic character i thought was a master stroke one of my regrets is that maria slash natasha got unceremoniously (laughs) (laughs) i was killed off thrilled (laughs) that she made it like i went running and told me i have one of my breaks i went came out the the character that i she's in the book still she wasn't just a one-off. She's, <laughs> she's like one of six people that knows about the basement. And, of course, Mel has no idea what's going on. She's like, okay, that's nice. Huh? It's like, no, she's she's like <laughs> the second right hand to the bad guy. That's cool. And then, yeah, very unceremoniously gets her brain fried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rip my heart out. <laughs> I'm just thrilled she was in the book anyway. Yeah, that was, that was pretty neat. I have to say I'm... Having several references to Collins and Bartlett previously, I'm all right with waiting for my character to show up because he had such a big role. Miles had a lot to he do in this one, to which I thought was pretty cool. Lieutenant Sean Miles, who gets a promotion to captain, so equal to Keith Bartlett. Major Keith Bartlett, yeah. Wait, aren't you captain? Major. Yeah, he was a major. Yeah, he got he got promoted back, I think, in one of the Christmas stories. I thought he was captain in this. No, he's major in this one, yeah. Okay, so I'm not Still outranking you. Still outranking you. I love that the guys <laughs> served together in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, I had to read that a couple of times going, did I really read that? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what kind of maneuvers they did to in Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> but hey, I was perfectly fine with the yeah. fact that that's how they connected. <laughs> oh. I have an idea. <laughs> I gotta I gotta talk to Andy about that. 
how, how much do you want a short story about these two minor characters? <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's the thing too boring. is I, I'll have to bring this up since we've segued into our namesakes. But back when Andy was writing this, he had made a comment either on Facebook or Twitter or something about, oh, Glenn's not going to be too happy with what I do with Major Bartlett, and I thought, oh no. Does that mean he's going to die? <laughs> I thought, no. Okay, I'll have to wait and find out. So then as I'm reading this book, and we get to the fact to that coffee. Bishop and <laughs> <laughs> Bishop and Lethbridge Stewart at the base, and he becomes just, he becomes Polly, basically. Yeah, he's he really does making that. coffee. He's just entertaining the, the guys. He's, and then you play cards. And I you thought. You get to play cards with the brig. But then I thought, you know what? Okay, maybe this is what he meant. But hey, you know. Bartlett gets to show up here. It's not a big deal. I, at least he's in the book. He's in, he's in the, this book more than he's been in any other book before. <laughs> so I'm happy with it. I'm thinking that's fine. If he's you know, serving coffee, then that's okay. Not a problem. I'm not upset about that, thinking that's what he must have been alluding to. And then as we go along, and he decides that Major Bartlett and Captain Miles eventually goes, gets... <laughs> Are going on this mission and together that oh okay here it comes <laughs> this is what's going so I'm on the edge of my seat every time we mention uh, Major Bartlett thinking okay this is when he dies this is when he dies and then it, 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 we just keep going we keep going we keep going and then we get to the earthquake thing and I'm like okay this is it this is where it happens he's this is what's going to happen and then he jumps from the truck and he lives <laughs> now he sprains his ankle but he lives and I thought. So I have to ask Andy when we get him on this show if he particularly was going to kill this character off. That's why he said that. But maybe gave him a a final saving grace at the end and decided maybe I won't kill this character off. I don't know. But I really thought all along. So if it's the fact that he ended up spraining his leg and got put out of the action, I'm not even angry about that. I'm just (laughs) glad that he survived because Andy had set me up so many months ago that oh gosh this guy's probably going to die that now you know what he's maybe he'll even retire now maybe he won't even I mean, he'll get some cush job somewhere because from from the actions in this story i don't know but i i just i went through this whole anguish of of like what has it been three or four months maybe even longer of what's going to happen to major Bartlett? why would he drop that and of course i never pressed him for it but I kept thinking, I'll just wait and see what happens. And then throughout this whole book, I kept thinking, well, that's not so bad. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not so bad. Uh-oh. Okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> so that's where I went with that story. I think he was trolling you. I think he might have been as well. <laughs> so let me, let me tell you, Lieutenant Miles shows up. Lieutenant. Lieutenant Miles. Yes. And I'm, 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 I'm jazzed. I'm beyond excited for you because it's been teased for so long. And then you showed up, and man, you were a Miles steely-eyed bad ass. Let's get it straight. It's not him. It's, well, no, it's his namesake. It's, it's the namesake. You were a steely-eyed badass. <laughs> you walked in there with the rifle, and you led the assault, and then you went back in, and you threatened yeah. the general, and it was just like, dude's not playing around. <laughs> this is so cool. Knowing what was potentially something bad going to happen, I laughed so hard <laughs> when you were serving, serving coffee, coffee. <laughs> i that was that was the master stroke for me that was like i can't wait to talk about this <laughs> and then you go on the mission and i i gotta be honest i'm salivating a little bit i did go when's on the mission sean <laughs> when's he gonna buy it? major bartlett went on the mission let's get this clear while i'm honored that this guy's named after me it's not me. It's yeah, fictional yeah. you. It's fictional. The you. fictional me. It's okay. fictional you. 
when's he going to buy it? When's he going to buy it? And I'm page turning, page turning, page turning. Every time we go back, earthquake. Oh, no. He's in the truck. Oh, he made it. (laughs) (laughs) So then, uh, not really. You understand that. Yes. We get to the end of the book. Your two namesakes survive. The character I created. <laughs> and didn't your character name that for you? Don gets her brain ago? melted. <laughs> Anger. Uh, I was very angry again. <laughs> you got an author line at the beginning of this book. Oh, you know, not to mention the acknowledgement. Later, I think yeah. we brought this up, but the acknowledgement too. Yeah, you got to thank you in the end, but the acknowledgement at the beginning of the book for yeah. you know for Glenn, Sean, and Keith for all the support. And I'm and I'm glad we've been able to support him and Candy Jar and all of the Lethbridge Stewart stuff that's been out because it's been a real honor to be able to look at this stuff and review it. And I suppose in fairness, we probably should point out that we're gushing all over this yeah. story that kind of has our handprints all over it. Agreed. Maybe that's unfair. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> it makes it easier for me and almost harder because I can genuinely say I love these stories. I love this book. And I don't think it's so much because we have been welcomed into the context of the stories so much if, in if, our connection. If Lieutenant Miles wasn't in this book, I would still would have loved it. Agreed. Yeah. And, I, and that's, I, that's what it we should to. say that we, we, we do have a bit of that connection that could be skewed as bias. But in this case, the our feelings about these are genuine. I don't think they're, they're tainted by the fact that... I think because I think we've been honest and fair with the Lethbridge Stewart series all along, even before we had any sort of connection or anything. And even after, I think, to the point. Um, we've said when we didn't like stories, and we say when we have. And it's just every time that Andy puts pen to paper in these books, he really does something magical. And that's the honest-to-God truth. That has nothing to do with our connection to this at all. And it, well, it's as you wonderful. were saying earlier about how he's able to tie all these together, that's just impressive. Yeah. Because not just the novels, it's all the short stories that he ties together mm-hmm. too. And it, 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 it obviously helps that he is also the range editor, the script editor for all of this. So it, it helps that he can tie it together. But he's such a talented author that he is able to seamlessly pull them all together in a way that doesn't feel like he's just trying to shoehorn references in. That's what's the yeah. That's what's the beauty of it is is it all feels very organic and natural. Yes, and I think that's because he has it all really well organized in his head, and, and almost like he planned it all out from the beginning. Yeah, like right. this was the entire plan of all of these books right. from the from the get go. Well, as you as you mentioned, Glenn, that he he managed to take Schizoid Earth, which while still good and enjoyable, yes, it received the lowest marks of the reviews that we've done, but. It, it, it in a way retcon fixes it yeah. by by taking those elements well, out it of that one it. It and improves, improves it because it. it's all of a sudden it's like oh well, okay <laughs> you know look at this stuff it, it took a fun book that we really enjoyed like Times Squared Times Squared yeah. and and really kind of enhanced it a little bit with some of the different pulls and and things it made references back to Atlantis is that the one that Saturini the island was on yeah uh-huh. uh, and 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 pulled from that i mean and plus all the short story work i mean it really kind of hit all of the marks that uh, as as i had mentioned last week that i felt like my short kind of had really built upon everything that you had to have read everything to get to it this one really feels like that but it does it in such a satisfying way that it's not to its detriment exactly it is it is the avengers because it's such a building on what came before to really give you this rich tapestry of these characters. And as you pointed out, Keith, it's all character-driven. 
there's a few moments of action, you know, here the, the assault and the ending, but it's all one after another, building that character, doing something with this person, doing something with that. Well, How does this person interact with this person? And just going from one to the next. You wouldn't expect to pick up a Lethbridge Stewart book and explore Eastern mythologism. Yeah. Or, or Eastern mysticism. Know, mysticism. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. That I just blew me away of how he was able to weave that in and have it make so much sense, not only explaining it, but tying it into the intelligence and how it all works together as all part of one big circle mm-hmm. of, of not of, of, makes it cyclical. Cyclical. And building on the abominable snowman, the, the, yes. the, the, the story that was that started all of this is is the abominable snowman, and 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 by adding to that and building on what was established there, and still making it work so well, he crafts such a a, a wider scope of what's happening and why Det Sin is the is the location for this, why we're in the Himalayas, why this you know is has come about the way it has. And to re-establish uh, Padma Samsabah, <laughs> I think I got it <laughs> close that time. And then the other name that was has been thrown out there since I think it was Night of the or uh, uh, Forgotten Times Squared. Was it Forgotten Sun? Oh yeah, the yeah was which the character was the, the name of the yeah. intelligence Mah- Mah- that Mahatma that you know to to be able to bring those together and really kind of give us more of a, a more grounding way to explain how the great intelligence yeah. is is a functioning being works really well and i think the other thing that i like is it completely strips away that idea of i think there's always been in the back of most people's mind that the green intelligence is this extraterrestrial being Mm -hmm. and it's not it's really just as terrestrial as anybody else it just is exists on on a higher plane because of the the buddhist disciplines and, and things like that and so i really like that i think ultimately the best thing about this book is that the final battle, for the most part, takes place on the astral plane, which yeah. is where it should. And I think that was really, really impressive as well. And that that we didn't have that. The, the second raid on the vault is nothing. It really isn't. I mean, Lethbridge Stewart's there. He's got the gun trained on James, but nothing really happens there yeah. that's important. The battle on the, the first attack on the vault in order to rescue Owen is the, is the terrestrial action that we get as you said there's only really two instances that's one and then the second battle really takes place later on the astral plane and i really appreciated that something different it was something unexpected i almost felt like we were going to have this you know uh battle for indoor thing where we had something going on here and something going on here and something (laughs) going on here and we don't we have really kind of the, the the things playing out in the terrestrial lane and and what's happening and the effect that it's having on our reality and but then we have the 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 showdown and i think the other thing that i appreciate the most is and andy i've always said you know i, I this has to connect to downtime this has to work this has to work <laughs> in that universe and i think what andy has done here is he's not uh, he's not allowed downtime to constrain what they've built in this story but also what he's done is he's gen- generously allowed this to continue to fit with downtime. And by that I mean he's given Professor Travers an end. He's given him a finale. He's given him a send-off. And very well done by having Anne go to Tibet and, and, and meet with him on the astral plane. 
But what it does is it doesn't close the door on the possibility of the events of downtime because the great intelligence is trapped in Traverse yeah. body. And Traverse is the first thing that Victoria encounters in Tibet. And in fact, in Mark Platt's book, it's written that Traverse was thought to be dead. And then suddenly he shows up in Tibet <laughs> and, and, and it shows up in, in back in the UK when the, when the great intelligence comes here. So what Andy has done is done a nice job of not closing off downtime, but leaving it open to be just able enough to, wiggle room just to enough to wiggle it, yeah. room to get yeah. to it and i really love that because for me until the lesbridge stewart stewart books came up that was really a trilogy for me it was abominable snowman web of fear downtime i've always loved that the way they, they kind of become a three-part story and by doing the way that he did this he allows that still to be part of the continuity. And as you said, leaving enough wiggle room to be able to, to, to make the connection still work. And so that I appreciate the most. And I hopefully he intentionally did that. I don't know. I don't think that was accidental. It seemed pretty pretty obvious that that's where he was going with that. So Up to and including the, the series of astral plane visits that Anne gets with Travers, when we go all the way to Invasion, when we get that segment uh, at, at the end there where they're in the States and they get the phone call and it's like, how's things over at, you know, international. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Do they need me? You know, right. It's just, right. It's just so good. It, it shoehorns everything in just bop, 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 And it just, oh, it doesn't even boom. shoehorn. It just naturally yeah, fits everything flows. in. It flows in. Yeah. My, my only complaint with it, and it's a really small thing is the fact that, the and as much as I enjoyed the astral plane battle, it felt very easy to have Padma Sadhazar show up and just be like, "Okay, I can fix it," boop, and kind of just does instead of saying, "Okay, here, Owen and Great Intelligence team up, and I'll show you how to do it." It kind of seems like he shows up and just does it for them. Instead. He does, but I think that the importance of that is that he has he he stresses the fact that he had returned to reality in order to. Uh, bestow the understanding and knowledge on his students once again and live among them and that's what he does and that's what yeah. happens when he ends up coming across the great intelligence becomes embattled with him that way and possessed and I think ultimately what this is is his way of bringing it in and imparting more information and more knowledge and more wisdom and more understanding which is the point of all of this to Owen and so that's why it's important. That's well, that's the plot. That's I, I the think, device. I think he still could have done that without having him solve the issue too. Well, you know, but he, I think he passed on the knowledge to Owen. But so I think Owen he had do to it do it in such a way that was meaningful. And I think that's why it's done that way. It's because you're right. It could have he could have easily just shown up and just fixed everything. But I think he also had to. He used the deception in order to trap. Uh, I like that aspect. Massive, of it. Uh, how do you say his name again? The great intelligence. Yeah, the great intelligence <laughs> in in Tra Professor Travers now in empty vessel, and in order, to, I think what he's done is he's put Owen on the path that he, uh, the next step, the, the 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 level that he needs to be, and I think it had to happen that way before he could then flip the switch and fix the problem. And yeah. so to me, that was a necessary progression within within the realm of how they were explaining how you know this sort of it works. just wasn't as satisfying the, reaching as I, as reaching enlightenment it's a little deuce ex machina it's a little hand of god coming in and fixing the problem and i agree i would have rather 
Owen psyching himself up to go and do this and kind of exhibiting a little bit more of the power that he did in Times Squared to go toe-to-toe, not with the great intelligence in this case, but have the two of them team up to go up with uh, this thing and then maybe have uh, Passamaquoddy show up. <laughs> I'm terrible with these names. Passamaquoddy. To have him show up and, and then maybe offer that little bit of learned wisdom to fix you know they're, they're, and they're, set that trap for the you know here's why here's but why I'm it, it glad, didn't matter to me because it was why, still satisfying but. here's why i'm glad it didn't go that way because that's the way you expect it because that is that is a trope that okay. is a device and what andy did is he used the to me and my and my interpretation of this is he used the the teachings that we're that you're supposed to get from this of further enlightenment, moving on, and that's why I liked the fact that Owen always was calm, was never he was he was at the right level for the consciousness and the mind that he needed to be at, and I think that's what you have to understand is that Owen was never vengeful at this point. Owen was never you know he, he, when he was as on the astral plane or, or at, uh, being mind as they described it. He never was, you know, worried or concerned. I mean, he, he was hitting the right mark for where he should have been as he's gaining enlightenment at that point. And I think that's why it works for me so well, because he didn't have to, as you were saying, you know, ramp up to something. He didn't have to be a part of the big finale. He didn't have to be any of this. Pasma, I've said it too many times. It's gone. Uh, uh, Aquati hadn't uh, <laughs> didn't need to just flip a switch because Owen had to get to this certain point. And if you had done it any other way, it would have been standard. It would have been a device. It would have been a way to tell a story that's been at least the the trappings have been done so many times before. Well, and the way that we're talking about it, it would also fly in the face of the Buddhist teaching. Right, exactly. So that, that's what I'm that. trying to say. Yeah, you know, the, you just so said it much better than I did. It flies in the face of Buddhist. Teaching. And and I'll be honest, I will go back and reread this, and I will really need to pay a little more attention to. A lot of the last part of the book not because i was breezing through it or, or hurrying to get done but because i kind of have ann's or, or or the brigadier's scientific mindset toward it i still struggle with the idea of you know okay the astral plane fine i have no problem with that the the mental projections and the, the, the okay the spiritual aspects of it i still struggle a little bit with that I, I want that scientific rationale for how we're generating this psychic energy, how we're getting up to this thing. And a lot of the, 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 the Buddhist nature and the teachings and the stuff that was coming down, it was kind of like, I'm glazing over this because you're not quite giving me enough of that doctor who I need a science explanation right, here for right. this. I felt like the only science explanation was in the, the vault and the, the portal he was opening. There. Right. And again, that's not to the book's detriment no, because it's no. it's tackling it in a different way. It's my detriment that my brain isn't quite wired. I couldn't do what Owen does. Yeah, I just, oh, I, I could, my brain's yeah. not well, equipped for that. <laughs> I've been doing meditation for years and years and years, but I've never ever. I'm like you. That to me, there's there's a, a more grounded reality or a, or a, or a scientific connection when we talk about things that are metaphysical. And so, to me, I could appreciate. 
the mysticism within this book, but I'm also of the of the mind of well, I want the, the I want the reality, I want the scientific explanation for this. So I had to kind of let myself go and say, okay, well, right. I'm just going to let this one sink in. Now I didn't really glaze over it much, but because I think I got a lot out of it. I don't necessarily still. I'm, I'm not going to run out and be a Buddhist or anything. I didn't get anything <laughs> to that magic matter. But I think it 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 really kind of shows you. It, it really kind of grounds you in the the idea of another consciousness, not mm-hmm. necessarily something metaphysical or even you know something out there. But it really, I mean, even meditation does that is finding a, a different consciousness within yourself. That has nothing to do with spirits or other worlds or astral planes or anything like that. It's consciousness within your own mind, and that, that to me, that's where I kind of went with it here, and so uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I was, it didn't really take anything out of me going, oh my gosh, I have to have this fix. Like I've done so many times in Doctor Who, this can't just be, you know, Jesus didn't come here and turn the water to wine kind of thing. But it, I was kind of in that same boat that you were. But I think uh, on, on a certain level, it helped me to kind of rationalize something in my mind that's always been part of that what i've what i've kind of taken from eastern mysticism i didn't have any problem with it (laughs) (laughs) of course not lieutenant (laughs) (laughs) oh i forgot to mention when i was praising the fact that uh, andy left wheel room for downtime even named a chapter in the book i knew downtime loved that loved that uh, I'm glad Anne got some closure with uh, Professor Travers. In yeah. fact, I almost like the way that this is done better because she has now been, she's kind of been unshackled from that concern that she's had for her father. While it's a, it, it can be a tragedy, the fact that her father has died and she's no longer with him, it's also a joy that she's able to experience the things that she did by connecting with him on the astral plane. So I think yeah. that was a real nice closure for that, where we were going well, especially with the stuff she gets to see with her mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who she didn't know very much of because she was gone at a very young age. Yeah, and I'm excited to kind of see what they're going to do with her character now, moving forward. Now that her father is gone, that she doesn't have that quote unquote baggage. Right. Right. Then, so now things are obviously moving forward with Bishop also. That I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Let me talk again about how angry I was, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> when? When are they going to get together? <laughs> I'm shipping Anne and Bishop so hardcore right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think it's as sad as I am to see Travers go. <laughs> that was the other thing that I liked about it, too, was the... Well, that's the thing. We get, we're still going to get more Travers. It's just not going to be old Travers. Yeah, that felt shoehorned when it was all of a sudden that he had time-traveled the four years to be a part of the events of uh, Times Squared. That was the part that I went, why? I mean, it just, you know, it's, I mean, it's cool that he's here and that he's a part of this book, but that seemed kind of shoehorned in. This is another one, in this case, where it goes back and retcons something that yeah. witnessing how the intelligence has been jerking his chain around so much and the, the putting those events in that sequence and going oh okay i mean it just it opened that up for yeah, me it, I, it, I it just agree. it crystallized so much more about oh okay you know here, because here's no longer is it a just a convenient device to write books about uh, travers and wells <laughs> because it does it works on it, it serves that purpose and you can't ignore that 
But what he's done here is it's really kind of justified that retro- retroactively as well, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. it makes it makes it much more clear as to and, and more acceptable for why it was that way in Times Squared. Yeah. I agree. So much good. I feel like there's about a thousand other things I could talk about in this book, but nothing is coming to my mind. It just I, I wrote on Goodreads that I wanted to give this book ten stars, but I could only give it five. And of course, I think it was Nick Cross had uh, commented back to Andy when he said, "Oh, somebody wants to give it ten stars." Nick said, "Well, you could give it two fives, and so I'll give it two five stars." <laughs> five in this hand, and five, five in this hand. <laughs> Yeah, I, the the culmination of this, and, and Andy writes uh, in the the bit at the end uh, about how this has really kind of been, uh, this is the, the perfect time for this because it really is, we're celebrating 50 years of the Web of Fear of Doctor Who, you know, we're, we're celebrating that era, of the, something that started, you know, 50 years ago with the Abominable Snowman. And to be able to do something like this in the year of the 50th for that particular story, I think is really kind of neat. And uh, what was the bit of serendipity? Was that you finished your story on your birthday, which I didn't know this, is the same birthday as... Mervyn Hazeman. Yeah. I did not realize I shared a birthday with him. Yeah, so (laughs) that was a little nugget I picked up out on that as well. I think I've hit all the high notes of... I wanted to bring up. I think I have too, and I, you know, I sometimes I want to go back and I want to say, okay, well, I, I did find some negatives in this, but there's very few, and I think we kind of touched on those as well. But there's very, very few. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about how great the prologue is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I, was the one part of the story that I absolutely hated. Yeah, that's a good part. Of it. <laughs> that's the negative. Uh, utter rubbish. <laughs> Complete utter rubbish. <laughs> I'm gonna launch back into that because. You said last week that you thought you threw Andy for a loop when you did what you did. And for him to be able to take that little piece that you wrote and expound on the events in this book based on that is a credit to both you and Andy. For you to set something up that way unknowingly and for him to springboard off of that and weave all of that into this story, I thought that was pretty cool. Because as I read this story, and, and Marie still around, and Travers is captured and taken back to this, and has to be the vehicle for him to trap the intelligence and for and to get the astral projection closing with her father, I kept thinking, that must have been the Buddhist discipline of <laughs> things happen for a reason. There's the example right there, because... That happened for a reason, and when for Andy to identify, hey, this is the prologue to this book. Now the, I thought that was really well. I, I can, I would love to take the credit for that part of it. The, the that I had foreknowledge of. I knew that you knew he had to get to. I, 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 in, in my discussion with Andy, I knew that Travers was going, returning to Detson, and that in my mind, eventually we've got to set up downtime. <laughs> Because I, I owe a debt to Glenn. I've got to make sure that I set this <laughs> up for this. But I also knew that he was going to be captured. I had to leave the story with Travers in the hands of somebody. Oh, okay. okay. And th- th- so that was kind of the, I didn't know that it was the vault. I suspected, but I didn't well, know. Did you sure. know that, let me ask you this, since I've got you here. Did you know <laughs> that the, the crystal that she used is also a piece of the thing that's running the 
machine that opens up the portal? Because I, I got the impression that that crystal she's using is part of those gems that they end up putting in the mechanism. The, right? the, I don't think it was impression. They, I think they explicitly said explicitly that. said the, it. The crystal, and again, I don't want to take credit from Andy because I feel like it was kind of an easy one when I wrote the short and had the idea of her being able to mentally attack Travers. I went to what what is obviously a Metabilis three crystal. Right, right. That's my Doctor Who plug. Well, that's what I heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though we can't say that. So I, I put that in there. But then to read this and have, oh, we've got crystals in the machine. We've got crystals over here. We've got crystals. And, and I, I can't help but wonder, was like, I wonder if that was a thing. Maybe he got that from me. Well, Maybe then, not, because again, it's a fairly obvious go-to for, for psychic energy. So. Yeah, but I think that's my point, is I think for to be able to take the little nuggets that you built in this prologue and to have all of that i mean it so easily could have been a throwaway but it's not and andy i think lovingly treats everything that you put in there no matter whether it was you you know you kind of need to meet hit these points they symbiotically work together so well and it i'm just amazed at the fact that you turn this in as a short story submission and he realized this is a bigger piece of what i'm doing or a, a, a piece of what i'm doing and i think that's pretty cool we'll have to find out how much was (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how much I hope I didn't cause him sleepless nights and lots of rewrites. <laughs> but if I did, it was worth it. Absolutely, this it, it, it really came together well, and I am I'm I'm over the moon. I'm pleased as punch yeah. at how this all interacts with each other, and it's it's just it's such a nice tapestry for for this series so far. I would agree. I'm at a little loss of what's going to happen next <laughs> because. Where do you go from here? Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Well, and this is going to be Andy's last novel that he'll be pinning for the Lethbridge Stewart series, at least for the foreseeable future. The Lethbridge Stewart series moves on. It continues on. Well, so. and as he says in the afterwards, the end of the intelligence for the, the time for being. For the time being, right. I know we're getting day of the intelligence later. Right, but that will that's be that's kind of he talked about that being a a more it's a life of, the, of Evans style. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more of the and it's beginnings of the intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with going away with from the intelligence for now. Well, I think so too. I think so too. I think this was a nice way to move on from that and tell different stories, which we we they've been telling different stories within the Lethbridge Stewart universe, yeah. but there won't be so much of that connection anymore, which is perfectly fine. Working our way towards the invasion. All right, well, Sean, what do we have coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up next week on the schedule, we are finishing Colony in Space for our Friday Night Who offering this week, parts four through six, and then we will be discussing Colony in Space, which is a a new to us, so we'll let you know all the news that's fit to print. uh, New to you guys. (laughs) Well, it's new it's new new to the podcast. Yeah, it is definitely new to the podcast. We have not reviewed this. My one. last third doctor story. Yeah, Keith tweeted that out. He says, "This is the last one I've got for per tweet," and we went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> You've now seen everything else. Hopefully, if we can get all our eyes dotted and T's crossed, we'll have special guest on the show next week. Yes, we're working on. We're actually working on getting Andy on the show next week uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, the process of putting together uh, Night of the Intelligence. Uh, we'll hopefully get some of our questions answered this one next week, uh, <laughs> uh, get a little more insight into writing the story. But we don't want to just bring him on here as an author next week. We're actually going to bring him on as a full guest, and he's going <laughs> to... He's going to join us in reviewing uh, Colony in Space, which, uh, spoilers, it's one of his least favorite. 
third doctor <laughs> stories and he threatened me that if he falls asleep during our podcast he's blaming me so we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out uh, i don't think there's a chance of that happening. no i don't think so either remember andy all who is good who <laughs> the next friday night who offering for uh what is it that august 11th reign of morbius mm. which we haven't done in a long while and there's a reason for that because our show that week is uh we finally get some more paul mcgann it's about uh, time yeah it's real i missed him so much big finish uh eighth doctor adventures with season two number seven sisters of the flame and number eight, Vengeance of Morbius. Ooh. There may be a tie-in with that. Maybe. Maybe. And, of course, you can find us at TravelingTheVortex.com. While you're there, consider becoming a patron of the podcast. On the right side, you'll find a button that'll take you to where you can support us on Patreon. Any amount, of course, is welcome. 100% of those donations go back into this podcast. Also, there's links to other retail sites there. A portion of those proceeds also go into this show. And you can purchase podcast merchandise from our Traveling the Vortex store. Anything else we need to discuss this week until we, before we close? I don't think so. I don't think All so. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.